Hey there, all you Movie Mastery listeners. We have a special treat before we get into the show today. Normally, announcements go on the System Mastery podcast, but you can purchase one for any podcast we do if you head on over to SystemMasteryPodcast.com, go to the Give Us Some Money button, you can get something right on air, just like this. Greetings, fellow Movie Mastery listeners. Is October your favorite month for Movie Mastery? Does their hoo-ha and goof-juice cocktail taste just a little bit better when it's ween-flavored? Do you lie awake at night thinking about which horror movies you think Jeff would love and would finally bring John around on the genre? Of course not, because John is the one that loves horror movies and Jeff hates them. If you answered yes to the first question, I would be honored if you would consider giving Loathsome Things a horror movie podcast a listen. In each episode, two horror movie fans, John, with an H, a sexy voice rock star, and Josh, also with an H, a weird nerd, review and fully spoil an entire horror movie. Their goal is to be amusing and thoughtful, all while fully enjoying the best and the not best that the genre has to offer. I recommend listening to the November 1st, 2018 episode of Movie Mastery, then giving episode six of Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast, a try. Both episodes discuss the movie Black Mountainside. Please consider making a mental note to listen to Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast later, or you can open up a new window and find Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast, and add an episode to your queue, or maybe even go ahead and subscribe to Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast, so you'll be reminded to listen to it later without having to remember anything. Or you could tie a string around your finger. A string around my finger. A beautiful string to remind you. Oh, and if you answered yes to the third question, then you're a little mixed up, but it's going to be okay. You probably just need some sleep, which you might be able to get while listening to Loathsome Things, Mm. a horror movie podcast. That's Loathsome, L-O-A-T-H-S-O-M-E, Loathsome Things. How do you spell things? T-H-I-N. G.S. Hmm. Things. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Can you use it in a sentence? I once saw the movie Things. Huh. A horror movie podcast. And now, to Movie Mastery, here in a spooky Horrortoberfest special edition. Ooh, a blessed ween episode. Nope. No, these aren't we these don't count as ween. This is no ween here. <laughs> the only ween we allow here is Jesus ween. <laughs> and that's that's what you say when someone tries to put on ween and you're like, Jesus ween? Not even this year's theme, boneless weens. Boneless weens. Yeah, dipped Buffalo in Buffalo Wild Ween. <laughs> dipped in your choice of saucens. Uh so <laughs> as you may or may not know. This is a podcast where we review some movies that you want us to, but this time, it's Horrortoberfest, which means we're only watching horror movies, and we are currently, uh, if you have not been following along every day... I actually have been. Uh, I do a horror movie review for every day of October, mm-hmm. and only watching horror movies that I haven't seen before. So every year I get to watch 31 new fucking horror movies. So you had never seen this? No, I had never watched Sleepaway Camp, oh, which is just... the movie we are doing. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yep, sure is. And there's, you know, a halfway decent reason for that. But mostly it was just, it never was something that was readily available. Hmm, that makes like, sense. None of the streaming services or anything was really like, oh yeah, we're we've got this. 
Kind of like that time we had to watch Soul Man on like a bunch of scattered YouTube clips. Yeah. Okay. So this as well, I mean, when I was a kid, it's not like I knew, like there wasn't back before I was like looking up horror movies and stuff. Uh, you know, I didn't really know anything and Sleepaway Camp just sounds like, oh, okay, this is whatever. Who cares? It struck me. I mean, I'm not that much up on horror movies, especially not old 80 slashers or whatever. This, I'm assuming this is an 80 slasher from yes. the look of it, uh, that I'm not all up on it. Mostly. I just feel like I can imagine what the VHS box cover art would have looked like. Oh yeah. And it's not great. I mean, at least Sleepaway Camp 2. Mm hmm had a great box cover art that you would actually want to pick up if you were at, like, a video rental place. No, that's fine. I'm okay with that because the movie sucks, so it's just truth in, go in cover advertising. Oh, yeah. This movie is boring and slow and offensive. Yeah, no. Sleepaway Camp, the first one, not a great cover. Second one, great cover. And the reason we are covering this is uh, I am doing different themed weeks mm -hmm. all month. Uh, I've already done an entire week of horror movies from India, mm -hmm. and this is a queer horror week where uh, any uh, LGBTQ plus anything, as long as that's sort of a front and center theme. Yeah, this might this might strain those bonds or boundaries a little bit. Well, I feel like I, I mean uh, I, you probably have heard rumors about what Sleepaway Camp is, or you have seen it for yourself, or you have read another review. So you more or not or not you might have no idea and in which case get ready to be told yeah not on this side of the break but you know basically we can say this movie uh I mean just going off of no spoilers or anything mm -hmm. it's poorly paced uh huh it's definitely got the look of an early eighter eighties eighters early eighters. <laughs> Oh, the eighters. That's what we called the nineteen eighties back in the day. Oh, most of you the... listeners aren't too or too young to remember. Back in the nineteen eighters, we'd say. Now you were born in the eighters, which makes you an eighter boy. <laughs> That's right. And, and I I'll said, see you later, say, boy. Damn it. <laughs> As we would say. <laughs> yeah, but it's got the same sort of grainy film look that you get from an early 80s slasher it's got the same things i've seen like i've only seen a little tiny bit of like halloween part two for example uh and it's got the same vibe of like lots of long slow pans yeah to this, establish a scene this is very much a someone watched uh friday the 13th mm, and went yeah. we could do a murder thing at a camp What's scarier than uh, I, I, wait, wait, someone's on. mom? Someone's some creep's mom. Yeah. <laughs> no. And that's sort of along the same lines as having the end of uh, Friday the 13th be like, surprise, it was his mom the whole time. That's the same sort of thing they were going for here. But, ooh, they <laughs> swing and a miss. They veered into a real bad place. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It's also full of like narrative dead ends there's a lot of characters in this yeah that are introduced get like some amount of character building like oh we have some personality traits or something they want to do and then eventually it's just like ah who gives a shit yeah the other thing it feels like is that this is like i've never seen this but i've seen for example wet hot american summer so i'm like oh so some of the whole like this is what camp is like 
mystique, I feel like, is pulled from movies like this and Porky's and stuff that gets thrown together into, into uh, the kind of vibe of Wet Hot American Summer, minus everything that's wrong with this. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, even even if you don't know all the terrible things that this movie does, just in general, not the best. Honestly, I'd say the effects are pretty good. Mm-hmm. If you're the kind of person who has an issue with, like, gore or nasty effects on people you know there are a couple bits in here yeah there's a couple minor gore bits nothing too serious i would i mean i know we're not going to spoil it but i will just because i know that we may have listeners with sensitivity to this this movie has trigger warning for trans panic on a level you have never seen (laughs) uh yep and that's that's pretty much all we need to say on this side of the break All right, so we are going to get into the full spoiler. We're going to talk about all of the missteps that happen in Sleepaway Camp. Welcome back, campers. So let me ask you a question. Is this actually trans panic? Let's get that out of the way, because this character is not trans by choice. I don't know if the umbrella covers people who are forced to act like girls from the age of eight. Yeah, there's it's a very weird thing. I mean, you know, we're getting into the spoilers on this one. And if you hadn't heard before and you didn't find out the entire twist ending, the oh, my God thing at the end of this is the killer is a little girl and she's got a penis but we also find out that it's like forced trans because the aunt who took her in after her family died in a boating accident was like, oh, I already have a son, so you're going to be a girl. Yes. Now, she's got a weird, eccentric, I think it's probably supposed to be crazy aunt uh, played by an actor who I, I swore had to be from uh like the john waters people like 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 his little retinue of 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 weirdos that he has you know i i i was like this is a lesser one uh desiree gould is not she's mostly just known for this oh yeah no i looked her up i was like what you're weird you have to have been in stuff nope just gives a amazing performance as a completely just very strange aunt no i'm I'm what i'm saying it's not just a strange performance it is a mink stole performance literally that like like it was like she just free-based copies of plink flamingos before each time they, they said like action it is the weirdest thing to see that that's so far removed from actual water stuff yeah but anyway let's let's get to that let's start where the movie starts which is bizarrely the, okay i'm gonna say this right here this movie seems to want to set up that it's kind of a return to camp crystal lake event because the the main the killer angela uh her family was killed at this camp Yes. But th- the fact that she that later returns to the camp and murders everyone has nothing to do with this. No. And it's sort of weird because her family is out on a boating uh, vacation. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, never really particularly relevant to the story, but two dads. No, no, that is not the case. Um, you, you're... What you're seeing there is uh, the the father and uh, the wife of the aunt, the the, the, uh, the I'm sorry the husband of the aunt. Um, th- that those two characters are are, are uh, cheating on people with each other. Yeah, 
they're not they're not two dads. They are a dad and his lover. Yes. Um, and it's interesting because they they try to set it up as if that's like part of this, but it feels completely divorced from everything. Well, no, there's honestly no real indication in the beginning because all it is is just like, hey, we're gonna be late for a doctor's appointment. Yes. And like, there's no indication that either of the two of these guys are together in any mm-hmm. way. That's just during a flashback that happens later that we see them together in bed and you're like, all right, I guess that's something. You kind of get some of it here. Uh, okay, so to set this scene up, they're all, the, the uh, family, which consists of this dad, uh, there's no wife in the picture that I'm aware of. Uh, no, there definitely isn't because otherwise the kid, the kid would just live with her. Exactly. Um, so there's no wife, but him and his two kids are out on a little sailboat in the lake out in front of Camp Arawak, which is the camp that the rest of the movie is going to take place in. And uh, they get mowed down by teenagers driving a ski rental or ski boat uh, that that should not have been doing and kills the son and I'm sorry the daughter and the father yes yeah, leaving the son alive. It sets up a much like the whole uh, Friday the Thirteenth thing. The actual lifeguard and the person who should be driving the boat because he's got a girl there that convinces him to do otherwise lets her drive. So it it sets up this idea of like. Oh, I I need to get back at like camp counselors that weren't paying attention in the same way that Friday the Thirteenth does. Yeah, but that's not her the, the the killer's mo in the slightest. No, but the beginning of this really wants to make you think that because the reveal at the end is supposed to be a huge twist because you're supposed to think like, oh, this is this is going to be along the same lines as Friday the Thirteenth. Yes. Yeah, it, but it feels, I mean, I'm sure maybe that's on purpose, but it feels like this movie is just amateur made, as if, like, the idea was, oh, well, we said it at the camp at the beginning, and that way she comes back to the camp later to wreak havoc. Oh, well, her M.O., her M.O., when she comes back to wreak havoc later, has absolutely nothing to do with this kill at all, the, the, her, the killing of her family in any way, and it doesn't match to it in the slightest, and there's no indication that's ever, yeah, but you see, the thing is, in, in Friday the 13th. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it very much is a movie that is absolutely banking on you having some sort of like oh this reminds me of this other movie and that's a lot of slashers that you got as soon as you got friday the 13th and halloween and nightmare on elm street and as soon as a lot of these came out in the same way that say in the late 90s early 2000s you got that home invasion slasher thing where everyone was the exact same again. Yes, yeah. And then the torture porn series uh, and the Takens. Yeah, they, so they, they just, just want you to go, yeah. hey, this is from either like, you know, you'll get one of those like, oh, from the producer of this or fr- from the minds of whatever, or even just a tagline of like, uh, Jason wouldn't even go to this camp. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, the, what I want to say is that there is a bit of a setup that there's kind of a gay, a, a, a subplot happening with the father because the person yelling from camp is the husband of the aunt that the little girl or little boy will have to go live with in a little bit. And uh, he's like, hey, come on in. You're going to be late for the meeting with the doctor or whatever. And one of the kids goes, oh, are we meeting with with our aunt and cousin? And the father goes, oh, no, they couldn't make it. Only he's going to be here this weekend, guys. And immediately I was like, why would one dude like your uncle by marriage come out and visit but not bring the cousin that's the same age oh those dudes fucking (laughs) (laughs) so to me i was i already put i kind of put that together but it's funny because i feel like the movie wants to just straight up do gay panic makes you broken oh yes there's a lot of this that's like (sighs) the fact that 
Like, these two were together. Not only is, like, oh, well, it messed up the children, but it also is supposed to be like, well, this messed up the aunt and made her crazy. Yeah. And so because the husband left her because he was gay, she went crazy and decided to make the little boy into a little girl. Probably because she's sick of little boys. It's too late to change the other one. So, uh, or, or just boys in general. But yeah, so the we're, we're kind of jumping around here. Because a lot of this happens in various flashbacks that happen towards the end of the movie as the as the uh, wheels are starting to come off. We get we get shots of of uh, Angela, who's our killer, sitting in a bed with her cousin and he's just pointing at her. Um, I mean, again, way later. Yeah, I know. But we got like I was saying, we get all these weird kind of flashback scenes that basically let us know her kind of broken backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is most of them are, are very panicky and it's awful it it just makes you mad (laughs) it's like she saw gay guys once and now she's a killer and i'm like okay i don't need that's not (laughs) keep them out of my schools (laughs) yeah no this movie is it's amazing yeah that i mean it's not amazing that it got made because 1983 you're like yeah obviously you could get away with that can we also talk about how cheap this is that the Initial scene is like, oh, it's 1983. Look, it's very, everyone's got 1983 haircuts and bathing suits, and they're all using early 80s slang. And then the kill happens, and then we flash back to seven years later. It's still 1983, though. (laughs) Time stopped. We couldn't bother setting that first scene in the 70s in any measurable way. (laughs) Uh, But the... (laughs) The movie sort of jumps from this tragedy to the, you know, seven, eight years later. Yeah. And the mom of the cousin and the aunt nep- of and the aunt of the the little girl, Angela now. Yeah. Interesting that she uh, that she adopted the little kid, uh, forced her to be a girl, but didn't ever go like, just call me mom. It's, no. You call me aunt whatever for the rest of your life. This is this is <laughs> I a, ain't your mom. This is a weird orphanage situation. You weird. This is it was not. It was weird. It's a it's a strange thing. But she's sending the two of them off to camp, and you'd think she'd be like, "Let's go send you to camp." I know the the one where your sibling and parent died. That sounds like a great plan. Yeah, but she is a fully septic lunatic in this. So oh, her yeah. performance is the first thing you think when you see her is like, oh, there's the bad guy. Oh yeah, you immediately <laughs> are like, wait a minute, are you the killer? This is totally suspect. You are a, you are a creep. She has just such an interesting delivery. She's very ethereal in the way she does things, and instead of being like, oh, I'm so goddamn crazy. She's like, just very, oh, well, I I had to remember, and I should remember, and I I put a string on my finger. Isn't that darling a string on my finger? And her her uh her son has gotten very used to this. And, and he's so, like, Yeah, mom, I know. Yeah, yeah. What's <laughs> what's the string for, mom? You've been looking at it for the past minute. What are you doing? You get the impression that the son, uh, Nick, I don't remember his name. Uh, Ricky. Ricky. Ricky is very put upon and has spent his life taking care of his adopted co- or his cousin and also dealing with his mom's weirdness. Oh, yeah. Ricky 
has a slight temper in this, which is what you're supposed to be like, oh, we're supposed to be thinking Ricky is the killer. Yeah. Uh, but the but, thing, it's really just that he's defensive of his cousin who's got problems. Yeah, no, you're like, oh, for the first, like, third of this movie, Angela is basically catatonic, like, doesn't speak to anyone, barely moves. If anyone talks to her, she just stares. And Felissa Rose, the person who plays Angela in this, does a great job of having that kind of, like, I'm extremely broken, like, thousand-yard stare. Yeah. Like, her looks are very good in this. Yeah, no, she does fantastic, given that uh, her future is to end up being in a rap group for pregnancy awareness called 2B Moms. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, five other sleepaway camp-related things. Which is crazy, because how is she... It's fine. It's just the way that Michael Myers keeps showing up in all of them. Well, I mean, the second one is she breaks out of the mental institute that they put her in. I'm like, the thing is... Can you keep using this character because she is 100% twist? Yeah. And once the twist is over, you can't be shocked that she's got a penis again in the next one. (laughs) No, then she's just a murderer. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But yeah, Ricky, with the temper and everything, because you see the beginning of this and you see that Angela's sort of unresponsive to most things, you're like, I get it. He's probably had to spend the last eight years looking out for Angela and trying to, like, keep the house running while his mom, like, flutters around. Yeah, so he's got he's got a bit of a chip. Also, uh, in, in an attempt, I assume, to reinforce the chip, but probably just because of where they filmed this, him and about half the other kids sound like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> well, I mean, even at the start of it, uh, <laughs> the two kids on the boat... I'm like, hey, Dad, we gotta, we we, we gotta go bed in the boats. Yeah, yeah, that one kid, the the uh, the little the little boy who's gonna grow up to be Felissa Rose. Uh, he basically sounds like he uh, he should be punctuating every sentence with "Go Jets." <laughs> hey, I'm walking in. Eh? <laughs> hey, we're gonna have a good time on this boat, Daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. <laughs> But everyone else sounds like a Vermont person. Every he just sounds like Bernie Sanders does Ricky. It's weird. Um, so yeah, then the two of them arrive at camp, and camp is <laughs> it's mania. It seems like they're there for months. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a sleepaway camp, so you're like, oh, you're gonna be here for a little while. Yeah. Like it's a camp that you're gonna hang out in. Now, normally, I would assume that is. At most, maybe two weeks. But it, like you said, it really feels like these people are here for the long haul. Yeah, there's points in this where you're just like, God, how have they not gone home yet? There's a point where a bunch of kills have happened and half the campers go home, weirdly off screen. So we just kind of have a point where a bunch of kills happen. We cut to the next scene and one of them's like, I guess we ought to consolidate the campus, huh, boss? We only got 25 kids left. Because all the other kids went home, they did. And you're like, wait, like. Shouldn't you have showed us that fallout? I I guess not. No. And I mean, when we first see it, when they arrive and get off the bus, there are like several bus loads of kids here. And this is not a camp that's like, oh, we're a specific age group or themed around something. You've got kids that look like they range, and this is not just the counselors, I'm talking about just the kids there. Yeah. That look like they range from like 10 to 17, Mm -hmm. and boys and girls, and no particular like 
activity ideas. It's just like, hey, everybody, we're going to send you out to yeah. a camp. It's just woods daycare and night care that lasts like a month and a half. All I could think was like, fuck, how much nowadays would you have to pay to send your kid to like a one month long day and night full care camp? Yeah, I remember the cost of my parents sent me to like Boy Scout crap, and that was always one week. And it was always like five hundred fucking dollars. So I can't I don't even I don't even have uh, it's crazy how expensive this seems like it must be. And yeah, it's again, it's like it's one of those things where they want to do a whole Lord of the Flies tip. So they send him there. There's nothing but horny camp counselors that just want to fuck each other, except for the main good guy camp counselor who sounds like he's from Charles in charge. Uh, I love that. They're just like one super ripped camp counselor who's like, I care about these kids. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. You ever have to look at his dick a lot, too. <laughs> he loves them short shorts. Yeah. And the other thing we get, in addition to seeing the crowds of children that are just screaming and running as they get into the camp, mm -hmm. is the camp's cook who the first thing he does is go, hey, I want to fuck some prepubescent children. Yeah, literally. You get, when, when you're watching all the kids arrive on buses, one of them's like, I'm getting too old for this stuff, which is, I believe you pointed out, that's James Earl Jones's dad. Yeah, uh, Robert Earl Jones is in this, and it's real sad to see someone who is like actually one of the like first prominent black actors, mm -hmm. someone who did a lot of good stuff, be like, what are you relegated to? I'm the second banana of the child rapist chef mm -hmm. and the chef is like yeah we used to call them baldies back where i came from nothing sweeter makes your mouth water just thinking about it and ben robert earl jones is like man these kids aren't even old enough to know what you have in mind and he's just like well and ben laughs at it and you're yeah. like Oh, that's oh, no. not good. Yeah, you get the impression that he just apparently everyone knows he wants to fuck kids, but I guess thinks that he maybe doesn't fuck kids. But yeah, he's just like, there's no such thing as too young, only too old to do too young. Yeah. He's like, wow, this dude is a child rapist, like 100%, and open about it, and saying all this in front of like other kids who were standing around him in groups. Well, it's that's uh, the Ben and the other the uh, people that work in the kitchen. Yes. Yeah, it's wild. One of the one of the kind of running through lines of this is I, I don't know if this is something I, I I would like to say that the filmmakers did this on purpose, but I think they're just shitty. What oh. uh, is that all of the boys at the camp, like even the best boys, like even the nicest boys in the camp, are still little sexually abusive monsters? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, honestly, like, the only person we see that isn't like awful is Ricky. Well, I would say the the camp counselor that sounds exactly like Tony Danza. And it's especially bad that he sounds exactly like Tony Danza when your main character in your movie is named Angela. Because <laughs> he keeps going, Angela! Hey, Angela! You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Who's the bossing all over this? Hey, Angela, <laughs> am I the boss? <laughs> Where's Mona? He's just like, Jesus Christ. Don't Schmonathan? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yeah, the Tony, he even looks like fucking, he looks like a ripped up Tony, a ripped Tony Danza. Oh, yeah yoked i mean this dude's got tits which by the way that's our first introduction to how the one character that's positioned as a good boy is not because as ricky and angela are walking down the hill from the buses ricky's camp friend paul shows up yes and paul's just like hey buddy it's good to see you again hey have you seen uh what judy or whatever her name is yeah uh your your old girlfriend from last year and keep in mind he has just been introduced to angela who is standing there and he's just like no i haven't seen her 
And Paul goes, yeah, well, she got huge bazongas. Her tits are like badouge. And he's just right in front. And then he goes, oh, anyway, see you later, Angela. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Forgot. And he's going to keep doing that. He's he's perpetually the person who's like shown as nice to Angela and trying to like engage with her and so on. Yes. But there's a point where he starts making out with her and she like rebuffs him. And he's like, that wasn't that bad. And then the next morning, he's like, that wasn't anything. That wasn't even that bad, right? And you've you worst boys have done worse things to you. Yeah, no. <laughs> Paul is definitely the character that you're like, oh, you're the nice guy at yeah. this camp. And really, by uh, you, you get the impression that the movie positions him as like literally an innocent nice kid, but he's not. He's playing literally capital nice guy. Yes, where where he's only reason he's hitting on Angela is because she is catatonic and unpopular which means that there's no competition oh yeah you can tell like none of the other girls like paul and he's like oh okay i could try this one then i got an in and like i said honestly ricky is the only like male figure outside of that who's the boss yeah outside that of- like is a decent human being mm-hmm you want to say that uh, James Earl Jones's dad is, but after his one scene, you never see him again. And I'm, that's he has like two scenes. He no, gets he this has, introduction. He has several scenes. Well, the we, problem is the first scene you see him is him laughing off someone saying he wants to rape children. The next scene you see him in is accepting a payoff to not talk about what he just saw, and then you never see him again. No, nah, he's around. Yeah, but he didn't do anything. No. He's just in the background of important. shots being like, I'm the chef now. Done. <laughs> it's sad. It's It's sad. But yeah, anyway, that's when we get to meet our, we start piling on the antagonists now so we can know who gets uh, to get killed. Yeah. So of course we have to meet Judy, uh, Ricky's girlfriend from last year that they were at camp. Mm-hmm. And now apparently she has decided to become a real snob and she's like, I only want to date older boys and I'm too sexual. Yeah, because Ricky's, well, I mean, here's the thing. There's a problem with this. The two of them are camp dates. They're not boyfriend and girlfriend. They are camp boyfriend and girlfriend, and that ends when camp ends. It doesn't start again next year. Uh, There's rules to camp. No, and. (laughs) But the first thing he sees is her talking to three, like, teenage boys who are, like, all of a foot and a half on her. And, of course, they are. She grew breasts for for school. Yeah, for school. Yeah, well, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's summer camp, so she did it over the school year. So when he comes up he, as a school project, the first thing he does when he when he comes up to her is like, who are those boys you were talking to? Kind of old for you, don't you think? And I was like, oh, come on, Ricky, you you had potential. You were almost. <laughs> well, I mean, she basically as soon as he is high, he's like, hey, Judy, she turns around and just sneers and goes back to talking to the guys. Yes, but so that's, she's already being mean. No, she is mean. She is definitely one of the antagonists of the movie. But I'm what I'm saying is that Ricky doesn't even get an out here because the first thing he does is try to exert pressure on her to drop talking to older boys. Like, start dating me again. Don't talk to older boys. What the hell? And and then when she's like, uh, well, the thing is, she is so awful that it's hard to see this as a scene where Ricky's being a dick to. But he is. Because her response to that is just like, well, don't you know that girls mature faster? That's bullshit. You know it. And she's just like, I have no time for little boys like you. I only date older men now. And she like stomps off with her Napoleon Dynamite side pony. (laughs) Yeah. Judy in this is, it's honestly amazing. She survives as long as she does. (laughs) But even when we get into the bunk, 
the bunk that Judy and Angela are both in has a camp counselor, Meg, who is also just an asshole. Yeah. In fact, I wasn't even sure she was a counselor. She She's the one uh, of all the counselors. She's the one that reads the youngest. And it feels weird. And she spends more time interacting with specifically Judy. Like she's friends with Judy. All the other camp counselors hate all their kids. Oh, yeah. They're just like, I hate this. This is just an excuse for me to be up here to screw other counselors. These nine-year-olds I have to have toting around, they're the worst part of this job. Tony Danza, of course, is, he's not actually Tony Danza. He is an angel. And so he spends the whole movie being really nice to his boys and everything. Oh, yeah. I think uh, Ronnie. Ronnie Ronnie. is his name. Ronnie is just a good guy and worried about children and, like, even when stuff starts to go wrong, he's like, well, gee, we should, I mean, are we going to we got to close this down. I mean, who's going to be the boss now? <laughs> Someone's got to be the boss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Meg feels like she, I, I swear, I thought she was just another kid in that camp in, until the scene where they all get assigned their days off. Oh, no. Because the second we see her, she's like, all right, you bitches, I'm in charge here. And I just thought that was one of the kids who's been going to camp for four years asserting dominance. Oh, no. She yeah. she has a very camp counselor, but there there are two in the bunk, one of which is like, hi, I'm the nice one that cares. And then she's like, I'm the one that doesn't give a fuck. And the only reason I'm hanging out with like Judy is because she's also mean and that's fine. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's another girl in there who tends to serve as the line of defense for Angela. Um, She's just a minor character who there's in another dropped plot twist. There's a scene where Judy is going all ham on Angela about something or other. And uh, this girl tries to interject. Judy gets in her face and she slaps Judy. Yeah. And she's a counselor, so presumably this is bad. You're not supposed to hit the kids. I mean, obviously. And also, she's just straight up scared of Judy and Meg. She just doesn't want to know what's going to happen next. So she, like, covers her face with her hands and is, like, shivering and scared that she was like, oh, shit, I I stuck my neck out for this girl and nothing good is coming from it. Nothing ever happens again. You just don't see her anymore. I mean, she survives. She survives. (laughs) She doesn't get killed off screen. And even if she did, it would have been by Judy. But we don't get to see it. It's just another one of them things where they set up something that looks like it's plot and isn't. Eh. This movie's got a lot of fake plots. I mean, you get a lot of characters. Characters got business, even if it doesn't affect the plot. Yeah, like you have a camp nerd in one of the bunks. You yeah, have you a, have Mozart. Mozart, the camp nerd. They just keep bugging him with their, their various nerd, tri- uh, f- uh, fuck with the nerd type tricks. Yeah. The difference being that he is like the nerds I had to deal with when I was a camp uh, senior patrol leader, and p- he pulls a knife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, after the second time they fuck with him, he's just like... All right, well, fuck you guys. I'm pulling a knife. <laughs> yeah, when I was 17, I was a senior patrol leader for my my Boy Scout camp at like an island campsite once, and I had two 13-year-old boys who were straight up delinquents, and I literally had to break up an actual knife fight between them. <sighs> I was like, "You, this is not a job for a 17-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, we get the general way that Angela is going to interact with people, which is not at all, uh, even when... You know, she gets introduced to people by Ricky. She just sort of stares off into the distance. When she gets into the uh, bunk, she just sits on her bed and stares at Judy. Mm -hmm. And there's a long time before she ever says anything. Yeah, it's when Paul shows her attention and politeness and she responds to Paul at one point. Yeah, and Paul shows her attention and politeness before that and she doesn't say anything. Yeah, Like, it takes a while. Like, it's... It's one of the things where I was like, is she just not going to do anything this whole time? <laughs> but no. I love that the movie try they use killer cam in this movie. Um, you know, where they just show you the uh, the POV of the killer. Yeah. 
to, in an attempt to hide who it is, and you're like, I mean, it's definitely the cat- the catatonic girl who doesn't talk and stares blindly at people. I mean, I mean, I I don't know. I've never seen this. I only I only knew it had oh, bad yeah. trans panic issues. But the instant you see her just sitting there staring at people, you're like that's the killer. That's that. Yeah. Why are you trying to do a twist ending on this? No, I, it's the formula. You have to. I know, and I get it. And the movie doesn't try hard enough to make you think that it is Ricky. It's just, you know, the guy running the camp eventually goes, I bet it was him. <laughs> and you're like, why? <laughs> yeah. So we get our, yeah, uh, we establish right away that both Meg and Judy have it out for Angela. And then they all go to mess hall where I guess it's already been three days. We jump ahead a little bit. Like I said, this movie feels like it takes place over months. Oh yeah. It's just going. Yeah. It's got some like, what's that? Laszlo's, camp or whatever from cartoon network era where it feels like they're at camp for 16 seasons with no change yes or i don't know what's the other one salute your shorts sure go the fuck home what do you live there yes anyway um yeah they they, it's been three days and she hasn't eaten or spoken in three days and everyone's already yelling at her about it and, and treating her like shit um but luckily, Ronnie notices, and he is a perfect angel man. Oh, and yes. so he's like, oh, I'm going to take you into the kitchen. because I'm going to introduce you to the chef who I assume is not a child rapist. I'm going to try and find something that you will eat. You know what? Let's get you whatever you want. I'm going to take you to the kitchen. You get whatever you want. You know what? You're the boss. <laughs> you know what? For today, you're the boss. <laughs> and uh, takes her back to the kitchen where immediately the, uh, the, the chef is like, oh, yeah, I'm sure I got something she'll eat. Some yeah. I'll make her eat inch by inch. I'm, uh, I got something good for you in the walk-in. Let's go to the walk-in. Let's see if we got a nice penis fricassee. <laughs> are you are you a child rapist? What what gave you that impression? Was it my shirt that says I love raping children? <laughs> Was it how I introduced myself? Hi, I'm Andy, child rapist and cook. <laughs> the one is more important than the other. <laughs> but yes, we... We get him taking her into the walk-in pantry. Yeah. But Ricky is like, hey, where the fuck is my cousin? Mm -hmm. I'm always looking out for her. And he's like, hey, you fucking pervert. What the shit are you doing? Yeah, especially because the boy, uh, the uh, Andy is already taking his belt off. He's in, uh, yeah, that's Andy. That's the co- that's the chef. He's in there taking his belt off. Like I've got some you'll like. Most people find it real delicious. And then he runs. He's like, "What the fuck is going on?" And runs out with her. Andy manages to catch him and threaten him. Yeah, shoves him up against the wall and is like, "You don't tell anyone what you saw here." Yeah, and like I don't need to. Everyone knows. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny because you feel like. Given that Andy is about to get completely murdered and be our first kill, you'd think that the moment he's like dragged out screaming from the camp, that Ricky would be like, well, now I'll blow the whistle on him. Hey, did you guys know he was a child rapist? Total child rapist right there. Hey, yeah, hey, Mel, guy who owns this camp, did you know you had hired a child rapist and employed a child rapist for many years? Enough for him to be friends with everybody here at the camp? Total child rapist. And then he Mel's threatened like, me. of course I did. He works cheap. <laughs> he threatened me to, he said he'd kill me if I told anyone, but then, of course, he got a, you know, a horror movie ending, so now I can tell whoever I want, but instead, let's just drop this plot line. <laughs> anyway, he gets murdered gruesomely. It's well, the best he doesn't ki- even get murdered. No, he just gets horribly attacked and it's the best one in the movie oh yeah so he's got all downhill like giant four foot tall pots that you cook a shitload of stuff in yeah he's doing corn boil and so you know ben leaves and he's like well i'm gonna leave i hope you don't rape any kids while i'm gone (laughs) and seriously though come on (laughs) knock it off come on man (laughs) 
at least stop making me clean it. The the dude is like, all right, let's check on this water, see if it's boiling. He gets up there, and we get killer cam where someone pushes him from behind, and he's like, oh, hey. Now he's dangling over the pot. And eventually, uh, I mean, I don't care. Angela pulls the chair out, and he goes falling, and a four-foot-tall thing of boiling water covers all of him. Yes, and he gets third-degree burns over his entire body. We get one big shot of him screaming with his eyes clearly yellow and boiled. Oh, yeah, we get a lingering amount of time where they're like, oh, we're going to show, like, nasty boiling skin. He's Mm -hmm. absolutely fucked up. We had a budget for two cool deaths in this. And this is one of them. Yeah, and the other one is stupid. Yes. I'll say it. The other one is... Is it, extremely stupid. It's cool looking, but it's the stupidest death. Actually, it's, I'd say it's maybe the second stupidest of the deaths in the movie, and there's a lot of stupid deaths. But yeah, our child rapist goes out. Totally bandaged. We get introduced to the cop who's going to show up every time there's a murder. Uh, they had enough money to show this guy's cool melty death, but not enough for a real mustache on their cop. <laughs> Oh my god, that mustache is the most amazing I bought it for 99 cents mustache. You can see the glow. You can tell which mustache it is from the like tray of fake mustaches that you can buy for $3 in the costume store. Oh yeah. <laughs> when they give a focus of of like focus in on a close up of his face, you're like, "I can see the individual strands from this plastic He's ass got a mustache." Big glob of spirit gum visible on one side. Why? <laughs> Just don't do a mustache. Screen tests. You should have been like, let's try a mustache on him. Cops have mustaches. Oh, nope. Can't afford the mustache. Oop, that looked terrible. Can you grow a mustache? It should only, we need a couple weeks of time to grow a mustache to be the cop. And he's like, I can, but I'm going to warn you. My mustache comes in curly and blonde. I'm going to warn you. Comes in looking immediately like a fake mustache. <laughs> That's a real one. I sweat spirit gum off my filtrum. You don't understand. Straight lines for all of my hair that come out. Terrible rare condition I have where my mustache is made of nylon. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Can't help you. But yes, he gets taken away and he doesn't get to tell anyone because, of course, he's just screaming. Every time someone dies in this, they're like, you, but why are you here? Yeah, it couldn't be you you're like yeah i know we get it we know who it is stop everyone knows that. who it just stop i mean i get it the movie would be really weird if it didn't but instead he gets hauled off and he's like yeah he's in the amount of pain that not even any of the painkillers that i have can do anything about literally every nerve in his body is on fire and he's just gonna be screaming or catatonic we have so- no idea if his eyes are boiled so much that he can't see he may never see again, too. He's probably blind. Yeah. It's it's a terrible situation. Oh, goodness. Now, this is when we start seeing the primary motivation for Mel, our, our, the owner of the camp. Uh, he doesn't want any parents to pull their kids out of camp, and he wants the uh, camp to continue on for years and years. So every kill needs to be covered up or rendered an accident. Yeah. So this one is, you know, one of the only kills that really is like, yeah, that could have just been an accident. He might have fallen and pulled that down on him. Yeah. Who knows? So they're like, yeah, no need to tell any of the kids. Ben, you're the new head chef. How's an extra $50 a week sound? Eh? And tell all them guys they get an extra 15 if they don't say nothing neither. We don't want to upset the kids. Yeah. And uh, Ben's and like... And I was like, you know what would really upset the kids? 
being raped by a child rapist would probably have upset them. <laughs> well, again, it comes down, it comes back to Ben going like, yes, sir, I'm happy to take that extra money. I always did say that Andy had a little bit of the devil in him. You're like, you mean, you, you mean he was a child rapist? Yeah, I don't think a little bit of the devil in him is the folksy fun way to say that dude is straight up a proud and out child rapist. I've baked cupcakes that I felt like had a little bit of the devil in them. But I'm going to go ahead and say I've never met someone where I'd say that about them in anything other than that they were like cute and quaint in an old timey way. Yeah. I'd be like that Dita Von Teese. She has a little bit of the devil in her. You know, I'd say that about like, oh, there's a kid. He likes stealing stop signs or something. He's got a bit of the devil in him. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm extra harsh on that because of stolen stop. I have a I have a bad stolen stop sign anecdote. Yeah, well, <laughs> so. you got a little bit of the devil. In I you. never stole a fucking stop sign. I had a friend. I had a roommate who had a shitty friend who stole the fucking things. And in my roommate, unbeknownst to me, was letting his dumb friend store them in my garage at that at that apartment. And then they both moved. Wow. So when I finally left, I had to clear some shit out of a corner, and I had a big fucking stack of, of road signs and shit in my garage. Nice. Everyone of them were like, it is a felony to have this on it. And I was like, oh, fuck. What am I going to do with these fucking things? <laughs> uh, and there you go. Throw them in a canyon, and you're done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's several more uh kills that are gonna happen here we've got yeah we can start skipping around oh yeah we've got uh one of the boys who <sighs> he harassed angela at the at one of the uh socials at the canteen he was one of the he was the one who kept calling what the fuck is wrong with you you freak because he goes over to try and hit on her to get them to go get her to go skinny dipping with them yeah him and a bunch of guys and some girls are going down to the lake and he's like angela do you want to go to the lake with us and when she is, again, still unresponsive as she has been this whole movie so far, then they start being like, oh, you're a robot, beep boop, you're a freak, and you're crazy. And then, uh... Ricky fights him, because yeah. Ricky, Ricky is, uh, he is hair trigger. Well, I mean, as soon as he sees someone fucking with Angela, he's like, what is wrong with you? Stay away from her. Yeah, but he got, by what is wrong with you, stay away from her, what you really mean is launch himself across the room like Wolverine. <laughs> Uh, he ends up getting dogpiled. There's there's two this, rooms of camp kids. For I was going boys. to say this is a uh, rivalry. Yeah, that was already there to begin. Well, with. you had that baseball game fucking scene where it turns out that Ricky is real good at baseball and beats like the the other b bunk of boys who are all older than him. Oh yeah, because his bunk is like ah, we're a bunch of like fifteen year olds, and they are definitely playing some 20-year-olds that are playing 17-year-olds. Yeah, the other one is like adults with definition and tax payments and mortgages. <laughs> and they beat them in baseball, and so the two houses hate each other mm -hmm. in Fair Verona. Yes. And so as soon as he sees that they're also fucking with Angela, he's like, oh, I was looking for an excuse anyway. Yeah, so he goes flying in. And there's a giant brawl that it, happens basically there are four times in this movie where ricky decides it's in his best interest to just launch himself physically at one of the boys from the other bunk and then he immediately gets dogpiled and gets the shit kicked out of him it happens four times and every time he gets pulled out he's like i'll fucking murder every one of you hey anyone of you come on over here if you want an ass whooping <laughs> he's like a fucking scrappy do and it's great uh but as soon as all of them leave because the older boys go to the lake and the younger boy, Ricky, gets sent back to his bunk for fighting. Yes. Paul shows up and is like, 
Hey, Angela, I'm sorry those guys were mean to you. I would never be like that, milady. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's nice. Let me demonstrate Let me demonstrate value to you. And finally she just goes, goodbye. And he's like, hot damn, you said goodbye. Ha, gotcha. <laughs> Meanwhile, the kid who was mean to her uh, goes off to get stoned and he doesn't want to go skinny dipping so instead him and his buddy go to get stoned under some bleachers the rest of the boys in that that camp uh bunk try and convince a group of very standoffish girls to go skinny dipping and none of them even uncross their arms it's a great scene they're like oh, yeah. they're like well we'll have fun and you're like all right you won't you, have fun you half dozen naked guys can go jump in the lake we don't care yeah go go get to it and all the women are just standing their arms crossed like Mm-mm. nope not that nope. ain't gonna happen you have you have insufficiently seduced us and then the one guy who got high and was harassing Angela is like, my big plan is to get someone into a boat with me and then tell her there are water snakes and tip the boat over. And that's my big plan. He's just going to be an asshole. He's not trying to score. He's just trying no, to harass people. But that's his plan. He's yeah. like, I'm just going to fuck with some girl so he convinces one of the girls to get in the boat does this whole like there are water snakes and snapping turtles that'll get you and then tips the canoe she gets pissed and swims away and this is our second time where we get a kill where where he just goes it's you what are you doing here and then angela drowns this boy who is much bigger than her yeah that is the first one where i was like i'm sorry what you have the strength to just like put your hand on top of this kid's head and push him underwater and he can do nothing about it. Yeah. He doesn't seem to fight. There's a couple, most of the kills are smarter than this. There's two of them where it's like, wait, how? no, I guess there's three because my least favorite kill, the one where she takes out four little kids that have nothing to do with anything. Eh. That one doesn't make any fucking sense. But, um, the one again, the one where she kills Judy is another one where you're like, she just decks Judy unconscious. Oh yeah. And then we know that Judy isn't, fully unconscious and she like instead of trying to push her off is just like my hands will go up in the air yeah because i'm in pain or whatever that's a brutal kill by the way the judy kill is nuts you don't get to see anything but the implication is pretty rough yeah but because of the implication well the implication is that she gets raped with a plugged in curling iron Uh, to death i don't know if that's exactly what i assumed was going on here the angle of incident the angle of attack of the shadow of the curling iron was pretty Maybe it went up her butt. I don't know, but it definitely went up somewhere. Oh, I I was assuming the mouth. But she was being smothered. She was being smothered with a pillow, and the curling iron was somewhere else. Somewhere else. It was a mouth, all right. I'm just saying it was a horrible kill. Luckily, it was all out. It was yeah. We don't see you don't see it, but you get to you get to watch. I think one of the girls from the camp, they, uh, that bunk, come out crying over the horror show that she just saw, and even the cop with his fake ass mustache comes out. And he's just like, I ain't never seen nothing like that. Oh and no, I saw that's a man Meg. boiled. No, no, no. Uh, eh, no, yes, it is. No, the only person who finds Meg is Mel. No. And then they go searching and they're like, we found Meg mm. because Mel didn't tell anyone. He just went to go fight Ricky. I'm 100% sure it's Judy. I'm 1000% sure you're wrong. Okay, fine. When people watch this movie, which they won't and do shouldn't. Do not do it. Yeah. <laughs> th- they will see that I was correct about this and that it, that's the way you find out that Judy was discovered. Because Mel discovers Meg and is just like, God damn it, I let him go once and I'll never do it again. Anyway, uh, so she drowns this boy. Yeah. Then she starts just dispatching people who are mean to her left and right. And we might as well start doing a kill counter here because they get increasingly dumb. Yeah, we get a (laughs) the death by drowning. We get an 
another one of those older boys who hit her with a water balloon mm-hmm. uh, gets killed when he is taking a dump because she throws a like baseball sized uh, wasp nest in there, which then is apparently the TARDIS for bees mm-hmm. because when he dies, he is covered in so many of them. Yeah, they're, they're obscuring his face. He, he is covered in thousands. Of, he is covered in more bees than the size of that beehive. And also, it, it's the saddest, stupidest kill. She sneaks into the bathroom that he's in, uses a uh, a broom to barricade the uh, the, the two doors so she can't, he can't kick his way out of the door, then uses a knife, which, by the way, she's, I think we're supposed to think that she stole, stole that knife, that from but we don't get the scene of her stealing it. We get the scene of it being taken away from Mozart, Mozart being hidden under Ronnie's stuff, and then later she just has it. And you're just like, wait, shouldn't you have shown us an establishing shot beyond just... Mozart no, had a knife because it's part of the we want to make you think that it's Ricky. Ronnie, it's Ricky because Ricky saw where it was. Yeah. Instead, it's it's Angela who did not see where it was. So how the fuck does she have it? We needed a scene to establish why the fuck she has that knife. No, we don't. Anyway. Yes, we do. But anyway, she knifes open the screen door behind the bathroom, throws a beehive in there. And this kid is like, well, let's see. The doors of these are regular ass bathroom doors. So I could just drop to the ground and slide under yeah, one. You definitely see. It's got the gap below and the uh-huh. gap above. Uh, I could probably go out the window the beehive came in from. Uh, when the beehive is being dangled above me, I go, hey, come on, cut it out, hey, and sort of gently slap in the air around it. Maybe I'm the biggest, strongest kid in camp, and I just grab the fucking beehive stri- stick and shove it back out the door where uh, the hole it came from. Maybe I go sliding out underneath. Maybe I just kick the fucking broom out of the way like he eventually does. But no, he just stays in there and rides until bees kill him. Yeah, and this is the second real good gory death of we have like all of these like stinger holes and like a bee crawling out from underneath his skin. You know, I think we probably are selling short the drowned kid with the snake coming oh, out of his mouth. that's honestly true. Yeah, that's that's a good kill as well. He clearly has a bunch of t- turtle bites all over him. There's chunks of him missing. Yeah, he's got chunks missing and a snake comes out of his mouth and you're like, hey, water snakes and stampin' turtles. Hey! Yeah, they got him. It's a, it's a setup and a payoff. So there's like three or four gory body deaths. So she takes out the older boy. Uh, then... We get a, a long, boring stretch of nothing much happening. No good kills or nothing. Well, yeah, we get the uh, setup that Mel thinks that Ricky is doing everything. Because he's got a chip on his shoulder and everybody he's threatened so far seems to have died. Yeah, and he assumes it's everyone who has done anything to threaten Angela. And he's like, oh, it's Ricky murdering people that mess with Angela instead of thinking Angela is killing people that mess with her. Now, notably, Mel eventually will go 100% batshit crazy. And so in the parlance of this movie, I think that means he must have seen two dudes have sex at some point in his life. (laughs) Um, Thus driving him insane enough to to have a mental break. Because what happens here is, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit over some just generic camp shenanigans and shit that doesn't matter. Uh, There is a scene where... Uh, all the camp counselors are sitting around talking about what their plan is for the night. Two of them are going to get the night off. One of them is Meg. Um, one of them has to go babysit a bunch of nine-year-olds in the woods. They're going to go sleeping in the woods for tonight. Yeah, there's a camp social, but this guy has to take his group because they're younger and mm-hmm. not going to the social. He's like, it's your night to go camping. Yes. And uh, so he's all d- sad about it. But then Meg, who, again, I thought was one of the kids at this camp because of how young she is, is like, hey, Mel. Mel, you want, you know, you promised me dinner a bunch of times, Mel. Hey, Mel, you want to fuck me? You want to fuck me in my vagina, Mel? And I, we haven't talked that much about the guy who runs the camp yet, but he looks like if Mick Jagger got fat and melted. I mean, he just looks like a New Jersey dirtbag is honestly what he looks he like. He looks like he's 68. 
is part of it. And she's just like, hey, you want to have real good time sex? And I'm like, this dude's no ways rich enough. It's not good. I mean, I, I know she's kind of a like a terrible person. She's been being mean to Angela the whole movie and everything. But what is what is her end game here? Does she just want to have sex with this dude? I guess that's just her thing. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. The next scene is him wandering around looking for her in a fucking leisure suit Larry costume. Oh, he is a new New Jersey dirtbag. One hundred percent. Yeah, he's constantly in like a wife beater and track pants with a gold chain and a cigar. And then when he dresses up, it's a fucking Scooby Doo green leisure suit. Yeah, no, one thousand percent. This dude is for sure in a mafia it's like this is what he does during the summer when he isn't managing his chain of carpet stores so uh meg gets killed when she goes to a different bunk to go they've consolidated the kids now because of all the deaths so she goes to an empty bunk to take a shower because there's a line for the shower in hers Mm -hmm. and angela just knifes her through the wood paneling (laughs) stupid as fucking kill and (laughs) instead of like shoves the knife in and instead of her going forward away from the pain of the knife she just sort of leans back against the wall as a knife slices up her back yeah it just goes it just goes down her back and cuts a big old hole down the back of her and she spends the whole time just going ah what Ah, oh oh no Ah, am i having an orgasm oh (laughs) yeah so so she dies and thankfully that's a it's a kill in a shower but you don't you don't got a scene you don't see anything and when she is revealed it's just you know, a slice down the back. It's no cool, gory thing. But by the way, if you're wondering what specifically happened to cause this event, we should probably cover that. Angela never goes swimming for, you know, obvious reasons. Trans kids at camp don't usually. Yeah, want we've established she doesn't shower with the rest of them. Yeah. Doesn't go swimming. Doesn't, doesn't want to deal with that. Who could who could blame them? Uh, who could blame her? And uh, and so uh, I, when I said, oh, I meant ca- trans yes, kids I at know. camp. You know what I mean? I'm being very careful here. <laughs> But anyway, there's a scene where Judy accosts her and is like, you're going to go fucking swimming because you're mean and you never talk. And then Meg's like, I agree. So I'm just going to pick you up and throw you in the water. Yeah. Which is the nightmarest scenario in this whole thing. Oh, yeah. And Ricky, of course, tries to stop it. But Mel's like, come here, you little little monster. I know it was you. You killed a bunch of people. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? The funny thing is that they've done such a good job so far of covering up most of the kills that Ricky literally doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, yeah. He's like, who? What? the fuck are you talking Who about got killed what <laughs> but yeah he only manages to get away from mel after angela gets thrown in and that's why she's like well it's it's go o'clock yeah now because I'm at ke- this point the both is she goes full murder psycho because the kids we mentioned earlier that are going camping we are shown that they have a hatchet mm-hmm. and as soon as the counselor takes two of the kids who are like we don't want to do this. We're cold. He's like, fine, get in the car. When the, he leaves to go take them to the car, Angela takes the hatchet from the campsite and murders four little kids that she has never met. Yeah, this is the part I took the most offense with. Out of, I mean, obviously, I took the most offense with this movie and the obvious stuff. Yes. But what I mean is the movie sets up an M.O. Angela kills those who wrong her. Yes. They, she just kills people who do her wrong, and she has a surprisingly high tolerance in most situations. I mean, granted, she took out that one kid for a fucking water balloon hit. That was kind of that was kind of rough. But, you know, Meg and Judy did a lot of shit before they got theirs. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, considering up till this point, it was mostly just people that had actually physically fucked with her. Yeah, and at this point, it doesn't happen on screen. It looks like she just takes the hatchet and goes. But then later when that counselor comes back from driving the other two kids back to camp, 
she has brutally murdered all four of the remaining nine-year-olds. You're like, why? Yeah, I you, mean, you just see a bunch of bloody cotton ripped open sleeping bags and the heads of some kids. And this is the out. other one where I was like, no, that doesn't make any fucking sense. How did she kill one of them without the other three waking up from it? Eh. I guess she had to like very carefully cut their throats first yes. and then go through and be like, and now I'm just going to stab you up a bunch because I'm so crazy, but not too crazy not to uh, carefully kill you so you don't wake each other up. Yeah. I really didn't like that part. I was like, they should have left. It w- the movie honestly would have been better if the, the counselor had come back and the kids were still there just fine and she had just taken the hatchet. Yes. Cause, because it would be, it would set up that the MMO is sturdy and makes sense. Yes, the MMO. I'm sorry, the, the MO. <laughs> her MO is sturdy and makes sense. It, like, it gives the movie more of a logical consistency. Yeah, her massive modus operandi would have been great. <laughs> but instead, she murders these kids, murders... Uh, Meg and Judy, uh, and you know, as soon as they found out that like, oh, these little kids had died, that's when they had called in the police and the police is like, we got to find the rest of these kids. We got to find the rest of the counselors. Where is everybody? Get everybody inside, have everybody gather up. And, and here's, this is the kind of the, the, the finale of this. So this is the current set piece. Ricky had skipped the, the, the camp social cause he thought it was stupid. No, cause he was ill. No, that's right. He was actually sick. He ate bad food. So he shows up at the last minute to the camp social, talks his way in so he can buy some snacks at the co- at the canteen, and then he's out walking back to his camp. And is accosted by Mel, who's like, it's you, you killed her, I should have gotten you when I got you the first yeah, time. because he finds, because he's the one who finds Meg, and he's like, oh, oh, I let him go, I can't believe I let him go. Not this time, this time I'll fucking stop him. Now, he runs, so now we've got Mel out in the world hunting for Ricky. Uh, Angela, meanwhile, has agreed to go uh, kind of to the social with Paul. Now, he's, Paul in her are kind of on the outs because he's been trying to hook up with her the whole time. And she keeps being like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Cause you'll They'll, find out. Yeah. I mean, they're, they kiss, but there are a couple times where he's like, I'm going to try and unbutton your shirt. And she's like, no. Yes. Now, and, and the, that's all the times where he's like, that wasn't so bad, huh? I'm not the bad boy. The, you know, the real assholes are the ones who have tattoos. Yeah. And so Judy ends up being like, Oh, I'm just going to fuck with, uh, Angela by seducing Paul, even mm-hmm. though I don't like him, just so, you know, I can fuck with her. I also like how Paul is dispirited and angry about the fucking getting seduced and all that the whole time. He's like, yeah, I guess. Okay, I guess we're kissing in the woods now. Uh, I guess I'll do it again. Uh. He's like, <laughs> uh. Which is, no one seems to like making out in this movie, because the other, right before Judy gets killed, she's making out with an older boy, and she's like, ugh, why are you kissing so wet? Anyway, let's keep kissing. I mean, I don't know if you've ever kissed someone that kisses real wet, but that's, it's no good. (laughs) The, uh, but the thing is, even after that, when Paul's like, hey, I was just, I was real confused. I was angry because you wouldn't do anything with me. And so that's why it happened. If you think about it, it's your fault. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, you're a piece of shit. Let me tell you about blue balls. (laughs) Let me tell you about this theory I have. <laughs> you're like, nope. And it's just that your eggs, you're going to run out of them. So and I've got the telomeres. Angela is like, well, I'll meet you after the social by the lake. Mm-hmm. So and, he's by the lake waiting. Yeah. And after she murders a bunch of people, she'll go meet him by the lake. And she's like, and he's like, what are you doing out here? What do you want? Let's go swimming. Uh, but we're in our clothes. Take them off. And of course, Paul's like, yeah, finally. Mm-hmm. So Mel catches 
Ricky, Ricky and beats the shit out of him. Be- beats him to what he thinks is death and then stomps off like going, oh God, what did I just do? Oh shit. Oh fuck. I'm going to, I'm going to send me up the river. And, <laughs> and he goes off by himself. That's when he stumbles onto the archery range and does the, it was you. It can't have been you. It was you. Your name is some name. It was you who did it. You, the person I'm about to identify. But it couldn't have been you. And then he gets shot in the neck. Yeah. He gets shot with an arrow because he's at the archery range. And that's the end of Mel. Then Tony Danza and the cops stumble on the beat up Ricky. And he's just and like, he's alive. Anyway, we're going to cut to credits in like three seconds. So no follow up here. Bye, everybody. Oh, no. They, they take him. They, you know, lift him up. They're like, all right, well, we got one of them. Yeah. But again, this is the last scene for Ricky. There's no there's no resolution. No, there's no denouement. The movie ends on the shock. So you're just you, yeah. All these characters, all these characters who have stories and so on, they're over. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because he was just there to be a fake out. Yeah. And then we get the cop and uh, Ronnie are like, is that singing that I hear from somewhere? Yeah. And we <laughs> we cut to. Angela's sitting without any clothes on on the beach. You can just see from behind. Mm -hmm. And it looks like she is cradling Paul like Paul's lying in her lap. Yeah. So so they're just like, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? Hey, Angela, what's going on? And she ignores them for a while. But finally, she stands up, turns around. And in the the worst composite shot I think I've ever seen. She has a boy body now. Now, this is a Felissa Rose is a female actor. So in order to put a penis on her, they used a body double and just composited her head onto him. And I mean, there's a reason that the end of this, in addition to the awful reveal, is very well known. She gives the most what the fuck face at this of just like yeah she makes this weird noise she goes all gollumy she turns around drops this ridiculously giant clown smile and it's just like "Eh, eh, eh." he's like what the fuck and then the movie like ends on that face except you get just enough time for tony dancer to go wait a minute she was a boy. Yeah. And then we cut back to her going like, eh, eh, and then it freeze frames turns green and the credits roll. The entirety of the credits roll over this freeze frame of her being doing this weird ass face. Yep. And that is a very famous face. Yeah. And. And again, I, I mean, I, I want to make sure we, we get across all the flashback stuff as well before we call it a day. Uh-huh. We talked about most of it, but. We start seeing more and more flashbacks as the film gets more and more established as to who's doing the killing. We get a scene of, I have to assume, uh, very, very young Angela when she was still presenting male and and uh, her older sister looking in at the dad having sex with the, uh, the other guy. Yeah, the siblings. And, and the two of them are furiously giggling. They're yeah, just they a, just think it's funny that the two, two guys are kissing. Tee-hee. Yeah. Uh, the guys never notice. It just ends with them giggling. Uh, and then the other one, we get our final reveal of of uh, young uh, the, the young boy being sent to live with the aunt. And we get her our first taste of her being completely crazy, where she's just like, oh, well, it's going to be wonderful you're living with me. Just wonderful. I bought you some new clothes. Yes, I did. You're going to think that Ricky might get mad at me because I didn't buy him new clothes, but he already has clothes, and that's good enough. And besides, you... We already have one boy, and that just won't do to have two. It wouldn't do at all. No, it wouldn't. That's and why. We we need a girl, but ever since my husband left, well, that's not an option anymore, is it? So I guess you'll have to be a girl. And we'll call you Angela. I think it means 
angel. He's just like, uh, wow, that's a All right. that's a reach. Are you where do you, where are you getting that idea? <laughs> that Angela means angel. Well, yeah. who knows? That's a stretch. I'm she must have some sort of etymology degree. But it, yeah, there's these these couple of flashbacks that basically are there to tell us that you know. Um, I would more or less agree that being forced to be trans against your your will just because you're being cowed by it by being in a horrible scarring situation where your whole family just died is something that might mess you up a little bit. Yeah, but not enough to become a psycho murderer. Uh, Also, seeing two gay dudes having sex once when you were a kid. I mean, it might be kind of surprising, but I don't think it's going to make you a killer. There's there's, it. Yeah, the implication (laughs) that that had something to do with it is real weird, given that. When they show the flashback and it's just them going, hee hee, that's funny. It didn't do anything. Like, there's no, oh, this messed me up. I keep thinking. No, it's just, hey, we saw that and thought it was funny. Anyway, that's the end of that. And by the way, when I say they're having sex, what I mean is that they're making out with their shirts off. I don't want you to think that she walked in on like a full-blown anal scene. No. So just, just, it's not that harrowing. (laughs) So ultimately, it's, uh... It's a swing and a miss to tell you that this this girl, obviously she's evil. She saw gay stuff happen. Yeah. She's not like the others. That means she's crazy. <laughs> she's different from us. And th- that means she must be evil. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't remember the lyrics to that song because that movie is garbage. Yeah. Yeah. See how I glitter. Savages, savages, <laughs> barely even human. Okay, fine. I remember everything. <laughs> I've, I, I'm lying. I'm lying. And dig, boys. <laughs> dig up Virginia. <laughs> uh, can you paint with all the colors of the wind? <laughs> Will I marry Kokomo? <laughs> God damn it. I actually, one thing I like about Pocahontas is it has seven speaking roles. It's practically a play. Yeah. It's a weird thing about it. anyway. Moving on. Let's let's not talk about a movie that isn't good but is still better than this. Let's get to the the meat. <laughs> so now that we've finished the movie, let's go ahead and get into our bests and worsts in this. Jeff, give me the single best thing about this movie. The child rapist getting boiled by the giant corn bo- boil for sure. I mean, it's the only part of this movie that's like, oh, this person deserves to die. There they go. Great. And. Oddly enough, the only kill where they probably didn't die, although honestly, living in horrid agony. <laughs> yeah, that dude's got no skin left to graft from. It's a he is not going to have a happy future. No, he's not going to child rape anymore. That's for sure. So that's uh, yeah, I would say that is far and away the best part of the movie. It feels like it's excised from a good movie. Ah, uh, what about you? I mean, that definitely is the it's, best yeah, in the movie. Yeah, if I'm <laughs> if I'm being honest, just from. A special effects point of view from mm-hmm. a narrative point of view, it's probably the most effective thing in here. Yeah, absolutely. It could it could have been a uh, it could have been the first thirty minutes of this movie could have been like an episode of of uh, Crypt, Tales from the Crypt or something. With that being the, the big shock death at the end, and it would have been fine. <laughs> and no trans panic at all. I mean, I I want to say outside of that, honestly, uh, the performance of Angela in this is very good. Yeah. Felissa Rose does a very good job in this movie. Yeah. For like a kid actor. She is, it's a tough role. It's a very tough role. She does a great job in it. And, uh, that outside of the very obvious things would be my favorite thing in this. Yeah. That's fine. Hey Jeff. Yeah. 
Let me ask you something. Sure. What was your least favorite part of this movie? <laughs> I mean, are, do you want me to just say that the movie purports that trans people are crazy murderers? Sure. I mean, I could. If I have to pick a scene, it would. I, I already mentioned it before, but if I had to pick a specific scene, it'd be the reveal that she just randomly killed those four little kids. Oh, yeah. That, was, that came out of left field. It would work. Like John had suggested that that it, it happens because she has moved from having an M.O. to just being full-blown crazy now. Yeah, she has snapped because she was thrown in the water. Like, that was the last straw, and now she's just like, fuck everyone. But there's no suggestion of that anywhere other than that one scene. It needs reinforcement for that to seem like it was the case. Yes. It would need a scene where someone said, oh my god, she's she's stepped up her game to killing lots of people, or, or for her to walk past some random person in camp and have them go, oh, hi, Angela, how you doing? And she just, like, cuts their head off with the axe while walking. Yes. It would need that kind of a thing. Without it, it's just... Oh, you know what? It's cheap to show us ripped up sleeping bags with red food coloring on them. Just fucking ever kill those kids. Who cares? Oh, yeah. No, it was definitely a, eh, we'll just do this because we can. But that said, I feel like this movie deserves a third worst thing in the movie because overall, the overarching trans panic aspect of it is so bad. Oh, yeah. That it, it's unfair to have to just say that is the worst. Obviously, that's the worst yeah, fucking thing. Duh. So uh, we could both agree that's the worst fucking thing and then come up with two more. Yes. What else you got? Oh, are you going with the the kids then? Yes. Okay. Uh, God, I want to say... Just fucking Paul and his nice guy bullshit, or... I mean, Paul's awful, Especially because the movie wants you to think he's a good guy. Yes. The movie wanting you to be like, oh, poor Paul. Oh, manipulated by women. Poor Paul. It's ladies that are the real crazies. Yeah, Judy did all this. What a bitch, that Judy. Yeah. What a peckerhead, to use the parlance of 1983. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I hated Paul and it wasn't the worst part for me because I'm like, well, at least watching it now, I'm like, no, I get who this is. Even if you didn't mean it, I get who this is. Yeah. I would say the worst for me is probably, even though he's barely in there, Ben laughing off that dude being like, teehee, I want to rape children. He's like, ha ha ha. Yes. Oh, you. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> 50 bucks a week. That's my price. Like, it's it's one thing if you were like, oh, he's making some inappropriate jokes that are like a little sexist. And you're like, Ben laughs it off because he doesn't want to, you know, lose his job confront or confront yeah. his boss or something. But he like genuinely is like oh ho, 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 that, that's hilarious oh fucking prepubescent children oh you you and your ways yeah no that that scene the yeah. whole scene of the chef and ben's reaction is just like i'm sorry what the well, just fuck? the relationship even the part where they're meeting in the first place like the the camp kids are coming down and he's just like yep i plan to fuck all these kids baldies i call them I calls them, oh, fresh, untainted vaginas. And and uh, Ben's just like, ha, 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 you don't mean that. Wait, yes, you do. Ha, 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 I don't care, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nope, not good. Don't like it. Unpleasant. Yep. So there you go. Let's go ahead and rate this movie. We are each going to give this movie a rating from zero to five, which will give the movie a rating out of ten. Jeff. Jeez, <laughs> I... I'm tempted to go above a 0.5 here just because there are some gory kills that are kind of interesting. And Felissa Rose actually has a kind of fun performance to watch. But that said, the movie has no redeeming value. Oh, no. It's, it's so awful. I mean, for me, I feel like I want to give this movie 
like a 1.5 and an asterisk? <laughs> No, yeah, I don't think you can. I don't think you can. Re- I'm not going to give it a zero because it has a plot at all, which is my rule for zeros. Yes. Uh, that said, I don't know that I'm comfortable with giving this movie any rating that would like needs an asterisk. I'm not going to hang one of those. This is not a place of honor signs on my <laughs> on my fucking score review. <laughs> Nothing of esteem is buried here. <laughs> so I'm giving it a point five. I don't, even if some of the performances are good or whatever, you can find other places with good performances. You should not watch this. Oh, it's no. abhorrent. You definitely shouldn't. So I'm giving it a point five, and then I'll pass it off to you. Uh, I'm going to give it a one. That's mostly just for the special effects and, and Felissa yeah. being both very good. Those are 2.5s, and then, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, so a 1.5 for Sleepaway Camp. Hey, don't watch it. No. It's no. not good. It's free. It, wait, I had to pay for this. I had to rent it on Amazon Prime. Oh, that's a shame. It's free on Shudder. Oh, well, I don't have Shudder. Obviously, you would have Shudder. That would make sense. And oh, I, I get it. I get it every October. Oh, okay. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I'm not saying that in a sarcastic fashion. I think your your devotion to horror films is delightful. Yes, I, I, it's so, delightful. I, you I, have I, a bit of the devil in you. I know it sounded like I was being sarcastic. That's obviously just a speech impediment I have, kids in the hall. Okay. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us for this review. Now, if you want more, if you like what we do with media reviews, you can head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash systemmastery, and that is where you can support us if you want to support the show. Mm -hmm. At the $5 level, you unlock our TV mastery. We are just about done going through the lineup of SNCC. I have no idea how many are left. I know we're doing at least one more SNCC. Yep, we got one today. And we might have a a dark horse come in from behind. Okay. Oh, that's right. I remember now. But we- you'll find out when we get to the episode. Yeah. So join but- us for that. And, of course, at that level, you also unlock our monthly afterthought where you get to talk with us through the Discord. You can ask us questions. Mm-hmm. We'll answer those and some topics of the day. It's a lot more casual, a lot more... Uh, stupid more ridiculous a lot less structured let's say that (laughs) and if you think this was structured then you're crazy (laughs) nope not gonna say that so oh i'm sorry then you're uh you're you're wacky (laughs) no i was i was gonna say that obviously you've seen two gay guys (laughs) i have (laughs) or at least i've seen a lot of instances of one bi guy and one gay guy (laughs) So join us for that. And of course, that unlocks all the bonus content. That is our high level that you can get into. You'll get all of our Wikipedia nonsense in Star Wars. You'll get all the weird characters we make in shitty old role-playing games. All the content we make. It's so much. You get all of it. And if you can't, if times are tough, you can't afford, or you just honestly don't want to give us money because... We suck. Mm-hmm. I get that. That's fine. But well, actually, hold on. You guys, and if you think, if you we, think suck, we suck, let you're, us you're know. done. You're all done. If you if you think we suck, thank you so much for your time. Turn off the show at this point. Now, everyone else. Yeah. Okay. Great. Go onto your podcast listening app of choice. Give us a nice old rate and review. Thank you. Get, just, I just I just want to read something nice every now and then. I like to go on and be like, Hey, is anyone nice to me? And no. They never are. It's always a one star. And it says, these guys suck ass and I hate them. They always, it, it's always like, these guys curse 
Or I wish their show was different than it is, so I'll give it a one-star review. <laughs> I wish I was listening to a different show. One star. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not giving a murder podcast a one-star review. Hey, these guys talk about murder too much, and I don't like that kind of podcast. <laughs> anyway, yeah, please do that. That would be a big help to us. So thank you. Yeah, and we'll be back in another couple weeks with one last Horrortoberfest movie. And until then... You have a spooky one.